0: Start Sooners of Oklahoma. And,
1: 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of The Barry and Mac Show. If you have not yet, please make sure you go to iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Leave us a five star rating and review. Also, please make sure you're following the Instagrams at the Barry and Mac Show, at Dame That Dude, and mine is at B Wise That's at B W I S E Fitness. We can't tell you enough how awesome it's been to bring you all this show today. We get to talk about NIL. Hope you all enjoy. Get to uh, go into something that is a hot topic of, of conversation in college football these days. Might be according to a lot of fans, the most important topic. And we're going to get it from your perspective as both being a player, also uh, having been a coach in high school, being around these athletes who are going through this, knowing the coaches, just what the NIL situation in college football today, like what's going on with it? What does its future look like? And what needs to be done To kind of button up the loose ends, figure out how to streamline this process a little better. First of all, just kind of how we got here. um, For the longest time, the NCAA athletes were not compensated for their likeness. I've always thought and argued that that was not good, right? You sell a number 13 jersey back in, you know, 99, 2000. Everyone knows that that's Damian Mackey's football jersey you're using his performance on the field, that's on television, on ESPN, on Fox, what he does in that game is attributing to the sale of that product, right? So so you are a valuable commodity for that school. And there's arguments on you know what a scholarship is worth, and I totally get that. But in no other business or industry would that way of, of doing things be permitted. So, sort of, uh, Mackie. What was looking back, sort of pre-nil? Did you all see something like this coming at, at a certain point? And what was it like, sort of managing things at that time without something like this? Like, well, what was you know? You don't have to, you know, the the, the don't get fired or don't get don't get shut down topics, but like, kind of give us a little insight on on how we should look at this.
0: Yeah. So uh, pre-nil, obviously there was the whole lawsuit against the NCAA uh, football game on PlayStation and and guys got compensated by that. And I think that kind of set a precedent where guys started realizing, wait a minute. Right. There's millions and millions. I mean, that game was a game we all love to be a part of, and like even in the game. Right. I'll never forget my freshman year, they had 99 and I was at like, my overall was like an 81 and I was kind of pissed, but I was a freshman and they have my number. They have my right position. It was a black guy. Right. So I'm like, okay, that's me. Mm. But this game is making like we, everybody got the game. And then in 2000, I switched positions. They literally switched my position. They had more colors of Brown. So my Brown got lighter. Like I was a, a Carmo, not just like the, the, the basic Brown guy, and so I think the whole experience going through that deal and guys, ra- listen, guys were rationalizing like, yo, I, that's literally me and it's the Oklahoma Sooners and they're running my, you know, I'm, I'm playing the position, but they are not allowing me to be me so that they don't have to pay me. So that whole phenomenon I think is what opened up the the can of worms Pandora's box, if you will. Um, Well, and and, and then the second piece, Barry, is, listen, uh, it's been 20 years, 25 years. God dang, it's been 25 years since I recruited. You see things in recruiting. You know what I'm saying? You know what's going on behind closed doors. Listen, guys, I've seen... $1,000 Thousand dollar handshakes. I've seen. I've seen guys' whole cars and get retrofitted. Like, by the way, I'm not. I don't imply that. I'm saying this happened at Oklahoma. So just, just for the record, like I've seen a lot of stuff. A lot of my friends went to a bunch of different schools, and the the fact of the matter is, everyone knew it was a, it was a very bad secret that people were paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to. To get these guys to come play for their respective schools and then bury the last piece is the portal, right? The portal made free agency and you now have, you know, independent freedom. But listen, when I was at OU, you heard Mark say it like, man, I want to go home. I want to quit. I got to tell you, if there was a portal when I was at OU, like, I don't know if I was mature enough to deal with some of the adversity that we dealt with um and not just have a free get out of jail free pass like these kids today have. so i I, I respect that space I, I I would like to think that i'm that I was tough enough to, to not punk out and, and love my team enough to not punk out but when you're talking about thousands of dollars and life-changing income and and the ability to to create legacy and and handle immediate concerns and financial issues in your family today, it's a lot. It's a lot for these young men to process, and their families to process, and so it's a very, uh, man, this is a complicated, layered deal that we need to pay very close attention to. And and I'll, I'll kind of give my perspective on on the how, but the what is really right. What 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 matters at this point in time because it used to be. You wanted to go to an OU or Bama or whatever, like in my day, you, University of Miami, those schools you knew in three to five years, you had a higher potential to go to the league and everyone wanted to go to the league to make real life-changing income, right? Very half the guys go to the league because they love the game. It's just not true. It's about half. The other half want to get paid and be famous. So NIL took that timeline and, and reduced it. Some of these guys are freaking seniors in high school getting seven figures. That is something as institutions and schools, universities, they have to recognize and understand that it's not illegal. It is a part of the game. It is what for years people fought. Tongue in cheek saying, Hey, if a kid can go be a skier and get sponsorship and thousands of dollars and plane tickets paid for and all this stuff to travel the world and ski, well, then these kids playing football, basketball, whatever the sport that we're playing um, scholastically, they need to also be afforded that opportunity. Well, skiing isn't a multi billion dollar conglomerate like college football is. And, you know, a lot of these guys, want a clout chasing, they've got the money, it's expendable. They want to say I'm the number one donor at, you know, uh, an Oregon or a Miami who has all these ridiculous, you know, the Rashida kid got nine million dollars, you know, reportedly. Who knows if that's what he really got. But that whole part is is a piece of it. But the other part of it is, is at the end of the day, some of these kids like Baker Mayfield, how much money did the University of Oklahoma make off? Baker Mayfield. Oh my gosh. Now, I love my university. Right. But like, let's call a spade a spade. It, is it, is it eight figures? Is it nine figures? Like how much is it? Yeah.
1: It's, it's a lot. It's, <laughs> right? it's a lot.
0: Like, and then if you take Baker and you make him, um, Baker is a, a coder, So he's not playing football, but he's a coder and he lives in he lives in uh, Santa Clara, California, and he has a unique skill at the age of 17 to produce code that whatever that that finances some problem he creates a solution to it bakers getting a. $30 million signing bonus from Google or from McAfee or from whatever. Like those companies are shelling out that money because he has a unique skill set and it's a billion dollar industry, multi, multi. Well, same thing applies to football. So just before we get into the how and some of the stuff, I just want to make sure we kind of like just shuffle through that part. There are already guys giving away. I never seen a person get a car. I heard rumors about cars in the eighties and stuff like that. I never saw a guy get a car. What I did see is many guys get access to cars. I saw many guys get access to wheels and 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 paint jobs and custom stuff. Thousands of listen. I saw thousands and thousands and thousands of cash. I saw thousands, very thousands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plane tickets. All that stuff is already happening. So to legitimize it, I think there's some um, right. You don't want to see guys thrown away because they are, are affording an opportunity, and you know because the rules say it's bad, they they partake and then boom, they're kicked out or suspended or expelled even from playing. And you want guys to be able to, to capitalize or maximize their earning potential. So I get that part. Here's my thing with nil. I I we know. So we both agree the NCAA has essentially disarmed itself to the point where they are shooting a water gun at, uh, at, at, at militiamen. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like they, they literally, yeah. right? Unless you self-govern and telling yourself they're not going to do anything. So that that's that part. Yeah. And then you got the schools where, you know, imagine Nil eight years ago with good old boom Pickens. Can you imagine what OSU would be today if he was alive or Nil? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oof. Like, think about it. Legitimate, like, bro, he'd be dropping millions to get whoever he, like, who knows what OSU, shout out to the Cowboys for always missing a great opportunity. That's just, you know, that's another <laughs> <how> one. <laughs> I mean, he'd that's be doing like, what
1: Miami's doing. He would hundreds. be doing that. They would be that on, I mean, on a, probably a different level. I mean, I don't know if people outside of Oklahoma realize the amount of money that he had.
0: I would, I would be willing to bet this would be an opportunity for him to upstage Knight and the the Miami crew. Knight in Oregon and the Miami crew. I would be Boom Piggins sunk million. He he essentially created a new stadium because their stadium. Everybody would say it looked like a roller coaster track. <laughs> you know, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> like he literally took personal offense to that. Like I, I believe he would have said, "I am going to be the face." of investing in Neil. That's what I believe. I, I believe he'd want to one-up Miami. He'd want to one-up Phil Knight and the guys in Oregon and, and all the other SEC groups, the, the AM group, the Texas group, whatever. I think Boone would say, ha, hold my beer. This is my opportunity to show everybody I can spend the most of my college. Cause he was that maniacal uh, about OSU. But I, I think Neil in its heart, and heart, heart of hearts, I think there's a space where it's needed. These kids for years, I was included, Roy was included. There were times where, I mean, we didn't, we just didn't have it, bro. We we, were, we, we had a meal plan and so they, we weren't going to go hungry um, and we had electricity. So we were not going to freeze or, or die of heat exhaustion in summer or winter. But man, I remember many summers where we just didn't have it. Like we had to go to the homie's house or, or, you know, do what we had to do to, to, to make ends meet, or, you know, there were, there were winners where we had Thanksgiving break because we didn't make a bowl game our freshman year. And we just couldn't go home. We just couldn't afford to go home. And our parents mm-hmm. couldn't afford to send for us home. So part of that is, is, is merited. And then of course, just, I would even say from my era to the Mark Clayton and those guys era of the mid two thousands to the AD era of the later two thousands to today, what, how much has the, how much has the sport, you know, gone up in 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 marketability and money. The money, I mean, oh yeah. It's 10x, 20x, right? It's probably yeah. 20 times more than my era easy. And I'd say it's probably 10x Mark in 80s era, even when it really started to explode. And so where does all that money go? So I, the idea that I like is I if it were up to me, if it were up to me, be, and I'm I'm really interested to hear your take next. I think we should take away the student athlete moniker the the title right like let's keep it a buck how many four and five stars how many four and five stars stay in college long enough to actually get their degree i'd be interested to see what that percentage or that data number is how many of the starters at the NFL caliber starters actually stick around and get a degree. These guys are not going to Bama, going to Ohio State, going to the University of Oklahoma, right? They're not going to these respective schools to get a degree in business management like I did. They're just not. These guys are picking these schools because they want an opportunity to access marketability while in college, to build a brand and platform uh, while in college, and then get to the NFL and be famous and filthy rich. And by the way, it's not a bad business model if you have the unique talent to to pull it off. It's a phenomenal business model. So you take away student athlete and you create uh, like a union. And I think I think I think there's, you know, I, I don't know how they do profit sharing, but gosh dang it, that's got to be in the equation. Um and you know you you are paid based upon your merit because you can't just say every kid gets 10K. Well that's not fair. No. The stud gets 10 K and the lazy ass who, who barely, you know, just does just enough to not get cut. Right. Then you can't, you can't continue down the road we're on. And I guess you can, but then, you know, you got all these false narratives like A&M is not a championship caliber team. And by the way, they're going to prove it on the field this year. A&M is just there. They are a farce. They're, they're a facade. I, I haven't, I'm 100% certain that a is going to find a way to goof it up because you are who you are. I don't care if you got the best class in, that, in, in a million years last year. They're going to screw that up.
1: Agreed. I, <laughs> I said something the other day. Somebody was bringing up just, man, look at, oh man, a going to be such a problem. And I'm like, man, bring in a bunch of five-star talent. Like, that that's not what wins you games. Like, if you don't have a culture and a, and a system first, you are not going to just bring guys in and win. If if you want to say that, then OU should have won offensively. OU should have been better. Um, so why didn't that pan out? So those those stars are they mean something, obviously, but they don't mean everything.
0: It's 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 the ingredients. It's the culture. Like first things first, it's the culture. Listen we talked about it last time there's five game five plays that make a game and you watch football I, and hopefully somebody's going to hold me accountable to that and you'll be able to, to be able to digest like five plays make the difference if your culture is me if your culture is it's about you know my if your culture is you know what am, what is it going to do to get I so that I can get to the next you're I'm just telling you that backside X is not going to run the deep post, which makes the safety stay deep so that the the play drawn up is for the 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 Y or the tight end to run the ugly dig across the formation. The X isn't going to run it. And when he doesn't run it, the safety doesn't have to respect it. And when he doesn't have to respect it, the safety is going to drive on the ugly dig because he's going to see it coming. And boom, the safety is going to pick it. Like, that's the part of the game where it has to matter. That's why people making fun of uh, the soul mission that that BV, like, let me tell you, man, there's there's legs to that. We're going to be able to see, by the way, Barry, we're going to see dividends this season. We're going to see a play that reminded us of a play under Link and be like, man, I remember that Kansas play where the backer didn't scrape or the backside corner didn't take the backside angle. And it turned into a long run. And then boom, that play is going to be the difference between uh a squeaker where we went by three to a first half play that they break on us, but we stop them and then we get a three and out, and it kills all the momentum, and then we score, and then we stop them, and then we score, and then it's a route. Like that's that's how that's how minute the the plays are. Like that's how small it is. One small play. The guy gets a he, he he catches a hitch. Our corner falls, but that backside corner stops him at the three-yard line. Our defense bows up. Boom. We stop them. They don't go for a field goal. Boom. We stop them again. We go score. We stop them and score. The game's over. But that backside corner doesn't run that backside angle. That guy, that guy make our corner slips. And lost his confidence, by the way, no one had his back. So the defense lost his confidence, by the way, they scored touchdown. Now they've gained confidence, by the way. And now we're going back on offense with a little less confidence. Holy shit, this might be a game. Now they stop us. Boom. Now they have all the momentum that's football and a going to play a Mississippi state. They're going to play a Florida. They're going to play a Tennessee. They're going to play a Bama. They're going to play an Auburn where those guys don't give a damn. If you had seven, five-star linemen, whatever the hell they had, like you can't play all of them at once. The 11 guys in that line better wanted more than 11 guys across the line for us. And that's what it's going to boil down to. And they don't have that culture. They just don't, they don't have yeah.
1: it. Yeah. It's um as you said, d- just because you have those guys um They're not all playing at the same time. And at the, we know the rate at which some of them pan out. Don't pan out. Um, Mm -hmm. Development is such a major part of the game, right? When you're, you're a five star, you're just saying that you, you have some polish to your game, or you are just the, the elite of the elite athletically. And sometimes it's a combination of, of both, but it it doesn't mean as much as I guess as it's being made out to be. And here's kind of the one of the pieces I wanted to ask you about with the NIL. Right now, what you're seeing is the thing that you started to see in the in the NBA. You see it now in the NFL, but in the NBA, um, Michael Jordan has talked about this in 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 interviews. He said now players get paid off of potential, right? Not what you are, but what you could be. And you're seeing this at the high school level uh, with guys going into into college. What is this? And this is the argument I also have to oppose people who are like, this is never going to change. A&M is just going to win a bunch of championships. What's going to happen when this a&, A&M team goes out there, let's say this year, and they do a seven and five and eight and four? right? What kind of accountability now that not just little money, um, real money is being given to these players. Uh, first of all, I think you're going to see some of that if they go out there, God forbid, they're 500. Like You're going to start to see some of that money dry up or, or things get a little bit tighter because say what you want about wealthy people and what they're willing to put their money into, they're also willing to pull that money out right? They they, they got that money for a reason. They're they're choosing you because they foresee it being a wise investment for whatever reason, whether it's an investment in their school, an investment in in you for the future with whatever partnership you're agreeing to, right? That money can dry up just as quick. What what do you think about the the accountability aspect of that now that, that was not there before, but before you're accountable to the coach? to your players, to the university, not to so-and-so donor, so-and-so business owner. Do you think that's a real thing?
0: 100%. A couple of things. One, you get paid to play, you can get scrutinized. So it's going to be a whole nother level of scrutiny that players, I don't think they're going to like on social media. I don't think players are going to like on actual the media. Like there's a, just a certain way. That uh, let's just use Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith tells the truth about pro athletes because they make millions of dollars. You won't hear Stephen A. Smith, you know, talk terrible about a college kid who dropped the ball or right had a bad week. That's mm. gonna change. You got quarterbacks making nine million dollars. You're gonna be judged on you know you're getting you're getting paid to play. So so park that one. Uh, number two is i'm i'm johnny football <laughs> you can see what i did there i'm johnny football <laughs> i'm johnny football and i did play for abc team and i just got paid a million dollars and we lost guess what well i kind of don't care because I got paid a million dollars, but then you got Bobby blue collar on the same team and Bobby blue collar is playing because he loves the sport and he knows that he needs this team to have a winning season for him to have a chance to make it to the senior bowl or whatever. So now you're in a position where the, the you know, there's no eye in team community where there kind of is an eye in paid. There is one, right? Like I got paid. There's an eye in that bro. Like I'm, I'm in a position where win or lose. Guess what? My family's good. Remember I, I said it. 50%, I'd say, play the game for love of the game. The other 50% is trying to make money. And if they're making the money in college, I see a huge potential windfall of guys who genuinely are apathetic to what's happening over and beyond, especially if they're getting paid right at their their freshman year. Here you are, you hear Mark Clayton talking about he's going to quit because he can't do the workouts, but you got kids who are essentially being promised millions before they've ever even met the strength coach. So that, that part's gonna be interesting. And then you, you spoke about it. Listen, man, billionaires and multimillionaires don't become billionaires and multimillionaires by making uninformed investments. They do it by making very astute, arti- uh, uh, educated, wise moves with their money. They're not gonna cons- consistently do so if the, the the return on investment isn't well furthermore give a 20 year old kid 50 grand and watch him do immature things and watch him blow it on things that you that he promised he wouldn't or said that he couldn't or whatever you're gonna be pretty pissed off right hey this fifty thousand dollars is contingent upon this 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 and this and a 21 year old kid takes their fifty thousand and buys a corvette for 44 grand and what can you do now i mean the money's spent you're not yeah. getting it back, yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see. I think you know, and I think these are questions OU's asking behind the scenes. I think these are things that um, the the Castigliones and the BVs and the athletic department are concerned about before they just go. Let's just let the families figure it out. And here's the other part, and um, you know, check this out. I got asked, and I, I guess I could say this. I got asked by so I'm in the I'm in the insurance agency. Uh, you know, that's one of my businesses, and Obviously, people are hearing about a product called an IUL. It's an index universal life insurance policy that has cash accumulation and all, it has some, some built in protections. So there's a nil conglomerate. I can't say the school. I can't. But they actually want me to come and speak to the families because the families are already having conv- uh, questions about tax implications, about there are families that are saying, "Okay, maybe we don't get a million bucks, but let's just say we get the 50. I think OU is going to get fifty grand every kid, which I think is super solid, right? Yeah. If my yeah. son gets fifty thousand dollars a year, where's the best place for me to put this money so that it can do ABC for me down the road for my family? So now they're mm-hmm. getting smart and and making decisions around the money, and they're you know there are going to be like Rashad's family. What if he gets nine mil? And what if they spend seven mil and he's, he's in Florida, Florida is a good school, a state to be in tax wise, but let's just say he was in Cali and he spent 90% of the money and didn't consider the tax implications. Like what happens to that family? What happens to the kid? Uncle Sam ain't playing with that. So lots to unpack, um, lots of different layers to, to really consider. I, I, I think in five years, it's reg- I hate to use the word regulation because regulation to me sounds like, you know what I'm saying? It sounds like mm-hmm. suspension or something or I don't know. It sounds like yeah. detention. But I, I think there's going to be enough um, framework around the, the nail policies and, and how it's going to work. That hopefully there are programs in place to when you when you when you agree to nil right, you form an LLC. Now you are a business entity and now you're able to access some write offs and maybe your parents are employees. And right. There's they come in to see you as a part of functioning your business. So, you know, there's a lot that can that you can unpack with this deal and, and things that are, you know, again, questions that are coming across my desk. just interesting that this is kind of like in the field that i work in yeah um but barry i I can't i I can't with a straight face say in some capacity the kids don't deserve to get paid while in the same space say dude you get paid you got to be a grown-ass man and deal with the consequences that that's really my take on that space interesting to know what 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 are a couple thoughts that you're you're you're
1: so i i think the reason that people are, are i won't use the word upset but I feel like the I, I've said this before. I feel like the spirit of the thing is missing. Right when people first viewed NIL, and this is where the NCAA just completely missed the mark by not handling this. What fifteen years ago? Like when the the video game started making a boatload of money. I mean, gosh, probably twenty-two years ago. I mean, they were having success with that thing very early, um, but but not. Setting a framework early on, even if you're going to set it around that student-athlete model, you know, for the longest time, they talked about, you know, putting together trusts for the kids, doing just various different things that the NCAA just drug their feet on. They... They, I think they just wanted to put it off and put it off and put it off until it just finally became a thing. And it ended up becoming a thing in the court system. And now there's nothing they can do about it. However, I think people's frustration is that the, the general idea was that their favorite players, their recruits, were still going to come to OU or, or come to Tulsa or come to wherever it is that they're going to go play football and get an education. And the cherry on top would be, you know what, we are going to give you some money for your jersey. We're going to let you go. When we do our events for spring and for fall, you're going to get money to sign an autograph. You're going to get, you know, the Reggie Bush, who did the stuff he did, um, your Maurice Claretz, right? Things like that, not going to be a big deal anymore. If you want to be a spokesperson for you know, so and so car dealership, right? See 2005 Rhett Bomar. It wasn't quite the situation, but you know what I mean, right? If you want to be involved with businesses, especially here at the local level, um, you, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. And we're not going to push back, right? And I feel like had the NCAA made a framework for that 20 years ago, you would have seen the system evolve. There would have been people even then, right? The whole give an inch, take a mile. There would have been people that had pushback against something like that. Right. The traditionalists, you can argue what their views are on other stuff, but they would have, they would have pushed back. But I think the it didn't win. So it's hard to say it would have won. But I I like to think of a world of of NIL where the the spirit of the game and this is sort of i i personally have some different thoughts on it but this is where i think people's frustration is is that the whole spirit of what it was initially about is is lost right it's not right now it is basically how much money can we pull together to buy the best recruiting class that we can possibly get right it's not about you know, destroying it at UCF, making a YouTube channel and he makes a little bit of money on it and that gets pulled, right? Or if Michael Turk did that at the same time, his channel is very successful. The NCAA missed the mark by not handling business right right then. Um, I want to ask you something. So looking five years down the line, right? So this past week, week and a half, we've gotten all the news of conference realignment, Things are are shifting so much, right? I just saw yesterday that I guess the Big 12 is looking to add up to 10 schools from the Pac-10. So just who knows how that's going to look, but five years from now, right, you're, you're looking in your crystal ball, what is more likely that the NCAA steps in in whatever capacity and helps tidy up the way this is done, maybe puts um, some type of framework or structure around how schools have to operate with nil or do the conferences, the commissioners of the conferences and the athletic directors and the presidents, do they kind of uh, circumvent the whole thing and the NCAA, but particularly in college football? Cause for people who don't know, the, the college football playoff is not put on it is the only sport where the NCAA, although it is a sanctioned NCAA sport, the NCAA does not do the quote unquote tournament, right? So they're already not really a part of that. They they are, but they aren't. My question is, what is more likely? The NCAA throws some structure around this, is, is able to get things tidied up, or are we looking at something altogether different? with a unionized sport of college football, where the the sport is really just run by um, the the commissioners of the conferences.
0: Yeah, I think we're, I think there's a 1% chance the NCAA intercedes, and here's why, litigation. They will have the consequence of dealing with being sued. Um, and, and obviously this thing has gone up through Congress. The NCAA doesn't want any part of that. They're making money hand over fist with even with the current makeup of what's happening. The NCAA is getting paid and they know, by the way, they owe me money. The lawsuit against this NCAA from about 12 years ago, they need to freaking pay me. That's another, <laughs> conversation. <laughs> That's another conversation for another day. But anyway. um no, I think I think you're more likely to see the commissioners, the, the conferences. I think you're seeing the players emerge with the SEC, the Big 12 and uh, excuse me, the SEC, the Big 10 and then potentially the Big 12. How about those guys, man? I think with the new leadership, they got the Rock Nation guy. I don't know if he's in, yes. or not, but yeah, they're clearly moving in a different direction, which five years too late to keep us. I think five years ago, we don't want to leave the Big 12 because we were, you know not five years ago, but 20 years ago, the Big 12 was the best conference in college football. Yeah. So I think I think we're in a space, uh, Barry, where the NCAA stays out of it. They're going to collect a check as long as they can and until they are, you know, no longer uh, a valued component of, of college football. But the conferences are going to say, y'all got me all the way messed up. If you think we're going to let the, you know the 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 leftovers of the pack 10 of the world and 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 the small potatoes of the acc of the world be in the same conversation with the the sec and the big the big 10 after these guys make this full-fledged switch and it, what, it, what it could mean is you know there's 30 teams vying for a d1 championship versus 125 or whatever the number one the number has been the last 100 years and 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 I mean, here, here's the part where it's like, dang, nostalgia versus economics. If you're a kid and you're good and you're good enough to go to a Nevada or a Montana State, but you're not good enough to go to an OU or Texas, it, it, it it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. Um and plus with the portal, let's say you overplay yourself and you you're actually a stud. Well, you can portal up, you know, the next year and and be given an opportunity to do better. So it's kind of taking on a life of its own. I, I firmly believe be that in order for us to get structure and control around it, it's gonna require the conferences to say, hey man, we're not gonna let you know the you know the redhead stepbrother A and M think they they they're they eating at the big kids table because they got a, a resource of an abundance of alumni who are willing to fork over millions of bucks. I think the Bamas, the OUs, the Ohio States. You know, the the blue bloods of yesteryear are not going to say, well, let's just let people buy uh, their 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 credibility and they're going to step in,
1: they're going to step
0: in. I believe in the next five years, there will be some, Again, I don't want to use, I like the word framework better. There will be some framework around what's legit, what's not legit, what's enforceable, what's not enforceable. And I think it's a penalty the universities will pay. See that it, it can't be a coach penalty or a player penalty. What needs to happen is the universities need to suffer the consequences for just turning a blind eye to saying, oh, we didn't know. And I don't know how you enforce that. It's not my job. They don't pay me to do it. But that's something that I would hope they um they consider heavily when thinking about how to you know move forward and proceed with what football will look like in the next five years
1: so th- I think my my follow up to that would be, are, are people just going to totally need to to rethink their let's say their their alma mater like you said, is Montana State or uh, pick a school like Indiana who in basketball is is great. But in football, maybe there's there's, you know, a, a lot there that's <laughs> there's not very good. Right? Um, right. Do people need to are people just going to have to accept that their school, be, whether it's because of the alumni space, the the, the donors, the, the the economy around the program in that local area? You know, some schools, even some of the bigger schools um, are at a distinct disadvantage are we just going to move in a direction where those schools accept that disadvantage? No, they're not going to be able to compete and then just totally go a, a different route. Like, is there, is there, I guess what I'm really getting at is, is there a rule or a framework that you could set up hypothetically that evens that playing field? Like, is it a salary cap, right? Or is it, some type of, you know, what, is, what is the move for people who are going to think that the University of Tulsa is not going to have an opportunity at all to get, you know, the, every, every other year, maybe they might get like one four-star, five-star guy who's just wants to stay local or well, whatever the case may be, right? The, those are going to be fewer and more far between because of the money that's being thrown around, and those guys are important to a university like that. Is there a model or something that you do besides a salary cap that helps keep those other schools competitive?
0: You know, it's funny. Um, I don't know. Here's what I do know. There are kids who five years ago were like, you know, enrollment in football was way down concussions all this conversation well i'd be willing to bet more parents are going to be willing to let their kids play football now because it's an opportunity for them to uh you know take care of the family 18 19 20 years old Mm -hmm. so there's again i think it's a convoluted space obviously safe safety is still an issue but then the game is kind of watered down right like the game the game that's played today is not the game i played 20 years ago not even close in fact i don't even get injured if we're if I play today's game, I, I I don't I don't have the injury I have, but I digress. Um, I I how many how many championships is Tulsa gonna win in today's landscape or ten years ago's landscape or twenty years? How many championships is Montana? Gonna? My point is, if you go to Montana, I don't think you're going to Montana with the hope of winning a national championship of football. If you go to Reno, I don't think you're going to Reno with an, with a with the dream of playing against Alabama for the championship. Right now you go to OU, different story. So those guys, they, they, it's kind of a dose of reality. And to take off the kitty gloves and just keep it a buck, like there's probably three teams in the big 12 as it's currently, you know, the makeup of it, that can legit talk national championship legit. All right? OU, Texas. Uh, I don't even know who number three would be.
1: Oklahoma Maybe State?
0: Two. No do no. we, we're not giving no hell no. Well, well I mean, if you, if, you, if you want to count <laughs> mythical championships that you paint on your stadium to save <sighs> the then okay. But aside from that, hell no. Um, they fumble. listen, they should have had a chance to do something this past season, and we saw how they handled that. So now, nah, in fact, I'm reaching by nice. including Texas just because they're Texas, but uh, my point is, I think, in the in the you know, in the true. Uh, being a being being one hundred percent transparent, there's probably twenty teams, thirty tops a uh, uh, a decade. It's probably even a decade, you know. Where in the nineties and two thousands, Miami's up, but then they're down. Like the last ten years, Miami isn't anybody's conversation for a natty. Right. The last 10 years, USC isn't in anybody's conversation for a natty, right? But obviously those are teams that come and go. Ohio State went through a, a period where they were just like ho hum. So OU, obviously in the in the um, the early 90s, mid 90s, right? So I think the recruiting happens in a space where like you are as good as you are. And if I'm a kid who outside of sports, I, my, my grades and my merits say I'm McDonald's, but my brother's grades and merits say he's engineer. Well, that's on my ass to, to, to get it in gear to go do what I need to do. I don't, I don't want to create kitty gloves that say, but, but, but I'm a D one athlete too. And, um, you know, whatever the market says you should earn, go do it. If your school's making $20 million over and beyond and they want to have a salary cap or they want to have a profit sharing where 10% goes to the kids and the kids get it based upon whatever. I'm cool with that because what's the alternative? What you've been getting before? I didn't get paid a dollar. No one, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> football. look, the University of Oklahoma didn't, didn't uh, and, and, and by the way, the community. But you got a scout. I don't want to hear none of that from none of y'all because you have no idea what we went through. Like if you weren't there, shut up. Ooh, ooh. And I didn't complain. And I went to school and I got a real degree and I, you know, what I'm saying? I took care of business. So the whole but the scholar that you, you got me messed up, bro, you would not um take a job that gives you room and board and the ability to put, maybe get a chance to get a piece of paper in five years. If you knew they were making 20 million a year off of you, you wouldn't take that. Like yeah. in a in, in workplace, you wouldn't take the job. So again, that's a whole nother one. DM me, whatever you need to do, we can have a conversation, but I was very grateful for my scholarly. But like I said to you guys before, man, I used to run a I didn't run it. I got invited to do this web thing. And there were thousands of Sooner fans on that deal. Like that's how much is the value of that? Right. We want to camp. What's the value of a hundred kids doing a hundred bucks? Like do the math. So, um, you know, and I kind of, I kind of went down a rabbit hole there, but Barry, I do believe there is something to you're as good as you are. Capitalism is real. I believe capitalism works. There's it's not perfect. Um, But dude, you went to Montana State, bro. Did you expect to get paid what a kid who's going to Oklahoma is going to get? Like, how many how many natties do you guys have? How many conference championships? How many All Americans? How many guys in the NFL? How many right? There's there's a residual impact of playing for a NoU versus playing for a TCU. Just is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, however unfortunate you want to say, we're fortunate. I mean that they're still getting an opportunity and you know the one of the other like byproducts of it I, I love what the nba did with allowing guys just to not go to school because you're also devaluing the education itself when you're taking guys who may want to study engineering or and you could probably speak to this as a reality of being a college athlete like there's some courses that you just can't do because okay. The, the, the workload, the schedule, whatever it may be. I mean, you saw that come out at what North Carolina with um, their, their basketball team. Everybody was taking the same class and it was just a complete cluster. You know what? And,
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: okay. that they weren't getting a value. Those guys weren't getting a valuable like they were getting a degree, but you wouldn't necessarily say they were able to study what they wanted to study and do what they wanted to do. And it was even more limited than than other places, right? and that was probably an extreme, but how often do those extremes uh show up at different places? I mean you it just is what it is.
0: I saw guys get pushed through classes to get through uh uh, uh eligibility, and we'll figure it out on the back end. By the way, I was one of those kids who was like, no. I, I need this class for my major. Like I was one who would advocate for myself. I saw a bunch of guys just, you know, kind of, you know, and 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 like I said, this isn't an indictment guys want to play ball. So a lot of guys are like, what do I got to do to stay eligible. Right. And, yeah. and then obviously back then we had summer school and intermission and those things to make up class. I, I, I leveraged the hell out of summer school. I, I missed out on it my freshman year. I didn't really understand it. The rest of my years at OU, I leveraged it because I knew it was an opportunity for me to get a competitive advantage and take the classes I couldn't take during the season. So, yeah, I, I have buddies at Fresno State who they were just like, bro, they kind of just made our schedule and da-da-da-da-da. Like, what? Everybody mm. got a social degree or everybody got, you know, pub, I don't know, yeah. whatever. A degree that means nothing. And so... uh Part of that is ownership, though, man. I don't. I don't. I'm not a guy who likes to make excuses. I don't want ever. Any, I don't want anyone ever to have the the uh, the opinion of Mackie was a victim. To me, that to me is just uh, a part of my character that I don't like. And at the end of the day, we're adults. And as as an adult, man, fight for what you believe in, bro. Like, don't let someone else tell you your truth. Make sure you formulate your own.
1: You know who is also an adult, Mister Damian Mackey head coach of the <laughs> University of Oklahoma, Brent Venables, <laughs> And he has stepped into the helm this year. And in this episode, uh, we're, we're going to talk, every, every week we've been talking about an aspect of the team, a position group. This week, we're going to talk defense. People want to know. People have witnessed what's gone on the past 10 to 12 years. They have been tired of it. They've grown weary of it. They... You know, watch their Sooners have a good stretch of a couple games playing defense and then third game in ball goes over a safety's head guys gone for a 70 yard touchdown. What the heck happened guys slanting the entire wrong way guys not uh, filling their run fits just complete misses on the defense and brent venables who was as most sooner fans know we do have a lot of young sooner fans i believe who listen to this too who may not they may have been you know eight or nine at the time brent venables coached his last game at, at ou um and then uh, last i think 2011 i believe was his last year if i'm not mistaken and he had great defenses at ou there there were some years towards the end uh right where you saw the shift they obviously thought they they Coach Stoops obviously felt they needed to do something. And I think if, if a memory serves right from the kind of scuttlebutt at the time is that Brent had the opportunity to stay if he wanted to, but chose to go do something else, just seek out some new challenges and opportunities, which worked out better for him. He seemed to be able to hone his skill, hone his craft, learn under someone who was doing things differently, but still building a successful program built around accountability and culture. So the, the people want to know what is OU defense this year going to look like
0: Um, hit and hustle. No, in all seriousness, man, I'm excited about seeing guys attack the line of scrimmage, uh, playing with forward lean, uh, uh, pushing the line of scrimmage into the backfield. Listen, the game of football is easy, when a quarterback has time, the game of football is difficult when a quarterback doesn't have time, right? Like that's a pretty simple, uh, uh, a way to wrap up the game, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I would, I would totally we, agree.
0: We, we would, we've taken the game and Mike Stoops, I don't know why, but maybe when BV left, I don't know, but Mike kind of took the defense and played on our side of the line of scrimmage, which gives the offense momentum because they're firing off on us. And that's not big. That's not BV style. BV Can I ask
1: better. you something about that? So, so, if you try, I want to ask you to try and get inside his head about why you would make that shift. What do you know, like why he would go to that style?
0: Uh, I do. I, well, I don't know, but I, I have my, I have my intuition and my thinking and, and kind of the philosophy behind it. Listen, I had guys playing for Mike years after I played that I, I spoke to and his, 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 um, or what I was told, I guess I should say, I don't want to speak for him because by the way, Mike's solid dude. I like him. Uh, I appreciate everything he did for me. But the, the I think the philosophy behind that B was the, def- the offense will make a mistake. Right, So there's this term talking about staying on schedule. And um, the philosophy is, is the defense's job is to just get the offense off schedule, right? First and 10 turns to second and six turns to third and three or third and two, and it's third and short, and you got options to run or throw, right? Or, you know, first and 10 turns to second and three, and then you can action them or the defense has a, a bevy of options. Mike's philosophy is, it's uh, or or that philosophy, I don't want to call it Mike's because he didn't say that, but the philosophy behind that is essentially, if you if if you force offenses to go make 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives, they're going to get a hold, or there's going to be a drop, or somebody's just going to win and beat their guy and make a sack, and, and they won't consistently be able to put up points. The problem is, is football is a lot more mental than people think. And when you think you're good, you're probably a little better than you really are. And when you think you're not good, you're probably a little worse than than you really are. And when you think you can't get stops, whether it's third and one, third and five, third and 10, third and 15, I think we've given up third and 18, 19, 20s. The defense, right, that mental aspect of whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Murphy's law it starts to become a part of your identity. And I think over the culmination of three, four, five, seven, ten, twelve 10, 12 seasons, by the way, this is through full recruiting cycles, you know, position coaching changes. Like there isn't a tangible way to, to, to justify it, but the intangible eyes watching games year over year, and I'm in California and Sooner fans in Oklahoma are watching with Sooner fans in and, new England and, On 3rd and 17, we're all three saying, ah, shoot, we're going to find a way to give this thing up and then we're going to pick it up. And and what happens? They pick it up. They pick it it up. Whether it's the kid from Texas, they throw a quick screen and I think we uh, someone touches him four yards up the field and somehow he runs through freaking fifteen tackles, or maybe it's third and nine and pre snap we line up at eleven and we bail and we give up a ten yard out, like what, like you know what I'm saying? Like how many different ways have we seen, (laughs) we seen third and long turn into first and ten or even a touchdown? That becomes a part of your identity. You can't tangibly put your finger on it, but we all see it, right? So. That's the part of the game where it's been, but don't break, be safe, and overly cautious versus. Let's just see what happens if we're hell on wheels and we rep the hell out of this and everyone knows what they're supposed to be. And you know what? There's going to be a couple of times where guys make a play, but we trust our safety. He's going to make plays in space and, and our corners are not going to trip over their own toe, right? Like we trust the work we put in. Well, guess what? That becomes your identity. On third and six, you smack them in the mouth and they get four yards. You get off the field. On third and 17, your your D line is even though you're rushing three. How many times have you seen a team play us and they only rush three? But they still get to the quarterback because their identity is third down. We get off the field like that's their identity. You see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, man, that, you know, since you asked the question, it kind of plays into BV's identity. BV's identity is we ain't giving you shit. If you take it, respect. But we're not giving you we're not giving you a seven yard cushion. We're not doing it. Now, maybe on first and 10, and we're going to create the angles or whatever, but on third and six, you're not getting eight yards. On third and six, you're not getting four yards, right? Unless the numbers say, and to obviously down in distance and we're up by two scores, dah, 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 whatever. But like, that's the part where it drove me crazy for the better part of a decade. Like, we're giving them seven yards on third and five. And then I'm like, okay, the corners are going to sit in cement, and they're going to they're going to they're going to take a step up like it's a hard cover two, you know, like a high school cover two, old school cover two. Yeah, no corners are bailing out. What? What are we? <laughs> like, who can't throw? What? What D1 quarterback can't throw a five yard out <laughs> on third and four, third and six, and the corners playing seven pre snap and then bailing? Like that's the easiest throw in football, and it's away from everybody except the receiver. Like that part we're not i anticipate heavily that we're not going to consistently see that and i just think the identity of the team is going to be we're going to go take it and that's where all you need to get back we need to get back to taking things instead of hoping and and hoping someone gives us something
1: what uh schematically right so what we saw were most recently alex grinch's defense which to give the the guy his due in 2019, especially the first half of that season, I, I think you got the feeling, and then you can you know correct me or, or tell me what you think. But I think towards the middle, maybe two thirds of that season, team started to get a better feel on what he was doing, and that's when you saw things become a little less successful. Uh, Kansas State seemed to really be the team that that started to y- use those. The, um, the the defensive line um, angling a, a certain direction, right? Fans saw it. You, you know that they're frustrated with that. Um, but the guy had a decent defense in 2019. You saw it get worse in, in the subsequent years. Schematically, what is OU getting back to with BV?
0: Here's the thing. I don't think we did enough big on big on the line of scrimmage. God, the line of scrimmage is football. Everything else is just, uh, it's like theater. It really is. But football is played at the line of scrimmage. And, 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 again, Mike did it a lot. And then I saw, you know, Grinch as well, where you can't, you can't impose your will when one team has five, 300 pounders protecting a kid whose design, whose job is to, is to run the show. And you're trying to thwart that with three maybe 3.5 and, and you're trying to outsmart, you know, you're looking at the analytics too much. You say, Oh, they throw it to the flats on second down. We're going to cover the flats. Oh, they throw it to the hole on third, you know, third and whatever medium. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to carry our, our overhangs are going to carry to, 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 to cover up the hole. You can't, you got to play ball. And what, what the, the elementary of it or the foundation of it is, is if my four to four and a half big guys don't allow the five guys whose responsibility it is to protect the showmaker, which is your quarterback, and he's uncomfortable, everything falls apart. Like if you consolidate football to that, and by the way, I'm a receiver. I'm a, I'm a, I wasn't a drama. I wasn't, you know, a div or anything, but like, I'm a, I want to look good. I don't want to get dirty. I want to leave the game and and take a two minute shower and go, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a receiver. I am. I'm, I'm not even going to act like I'm not O-line and D-line is a different game, but i are going to war. Like they they legit experienced something totally different than we experienced. And I just couldn't imagine 10 years of being a D-lineman, knowing that you're playing with one hand tied behind your back, which, which, which is what it looked like. And so with BV coming back into the fold, I, I, I'm 99.99999% sure. His game plan is going to start with, RD line and whoever's coming off the edge or whatever backers are shooting doing I know BV's going to do his dogs he loves cross dogs and all those deals he he's he's going to make sure the first thing we do is make the offense uncomfortable again it goes back to why I think the Kansas and TCU's of the world are not going to have games where they can just play with us because you, there's just no way Kansas should play with OU granted they beat Texas I mean but I might bring that up every week I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> I might bring that up every week. But that, that's just not with the caliber of player or you has versus Kansas. That shouldn't happen. And the only reason that happens is because their quarterbacks comfortable. And if you go watch the game, we, we brought some heat and we did some different things, but we 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 gave them a lot. We gave him time in the pocket. We gave him a chance to look at his first read and then his second read and then turn and look on the you know the backside check down like he had time it wasn't like their o-line just kicked our d-line's ass we're bringing three or we're bringing three and a half or we've got our best uh 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 past uh um you know rusher dropping into the flats or or, or we've subbed the whole first team d out and we've got the red shirts in and we don't it's arbitrary we don't have any reason we're like what the hell are we doing well, no one knows i think we're gonna we're gonna leave that that expectation, and BV's going to say, look, guys, look, men, uh, starters going to play 80%. When you're on the field, you give 100%. When you're tired, you come out because we got another guy almost as good as you, maybe as good as you, ready to go, and he's going to put in maximum effort. And, you know, our job is to make sure midway through the fourth quarter, the game's already in hand, and you guys can go relax, and we can talk about what you guys are going to do after the game. Like, that was our recipe. We wanted the game to already be over. I mean, we didn't. We never said at halftime because you know people can come back. We wanted the game over midway through the fourth quarter. That's when you can say, "Okay, I can take my foot off their neck." We're winning thirty-one to three. They've got three first downs. Their quarterback's gotten hurt. Their second-string guy is running for his life. Right? Let's go let the puppies play. Like <laughs> that's that's the. Main. How many times have we seen OU do that the last five years? It's not very many. Not many. The last times we saw quite a bit was when was when Bob was the head coach. And Link was the O.C. We yeah, saw yeah. that happen quite a bit with with the Baker Mayfield teams. It didn't even happen. It didn't even happen much with Kyler. And, and and to be honest with you, it didn't happen much Baker senior year. We were a shootout every game, every game.
1: It started yeah. with Baylor, like the, that Baylor game. Uh, the one where uh, Ab- Abdul Adams shout out Abdul Adams. He oh, follows man, me yeah. on 90, Instagram. 90, 90, uh, 90, 90, right. Yeah, yeah, man, dude, dude's fast. I w- wish that dude the 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 best. Um, just got done, I guess, at Syracuse. Um, so yeah. I think I don't remember if he was drafted or whatever. But anyways, besides the point, it started with that game. Like, oh, you jumped out on him, and they just let. I think the final score was like forty nine to forty one. I mean, yep. come come on. Like like what's what's going on there? Uh, I want to ask you because you brought up. Um, Guys, getting going out when they're when they're tired, and this is the uh, obvious question. Let me say, as as a trainer, I get the what they're doing with the rotations. So, in in the world of performance, especially with the way things are analyzed and hyper scrutinized, there is sort of a formula that says, Parion gives he can move at this velocity with this power for six plays, right? At around play seven, that fades by 3%. By play eight, fades by another 3%, right? So analytically, you can say it might be better to have so-and-so out on the field instead of Perry on Winfrey, now operating at 87%. You being in the game... Right, And seeing your Tommy Harris's and your Dusty Dvorak's and your, uh, your Kelly Gregg's and guys like that, what is the actual reality of that? Because there's, there's the, the analytic side that look how fast a guy is moving. You try and, you know, the Thunder used to do this with Westbrook where fans used to get so upset when they would sit him. But their argument was the amount of steps and work in the game and that his value went drastically down when he hit, when he hit a certain work capacity. Right. So so I get what they were doing, but it frustrated fans. I mean, Mackie, that this is probably one of the most complained about aspects of the Grinch Riley system, right? Was was the rotations. What's the reality of that? And and what will you see with uh, BV's system?
0: Uh, I think Grinch took the uh the analytics to an entirely inappropriate level. I get the West, by the way, I, I think the uh, Oklahoma city fans are <laughs> going to feel a certain way about Westbrook, but um, actually they don't, they don't have the same issue with him that they have with KD. So I, I, I actually digress. <sighs> Listen, I don't understand. It's, it's a key drive in the third quarter where you're trying to keep momentum and it's not uh, a substitution of Perion because he's tired. It's the entire D line are essentially out for five plays. I am still waiting to hear the justification behind that. We we okayed it against Tulane because I think it was 107 degrees and they were saying, hey, we're trying to flush bodies and we anticipated kicking their ass in the game. Right, well, I think we're up 19 in the third quarter, 16, three possessions in the third. So maybe the game's over. And then, of course, that identity thing that I just talked about pops, its, it rears its ugly head and they get all these miracle third downs and score. But Grinch, can he he, he has to apologize to, to the Sooner Nation. He has to apologize because there are so many games. He left meat on the bone and just flat out made, um, you know, substitution. His substitution patterns are like unlike any substitution pattern I have ever seen outside of peewee football. I have never in my career, by the way, in multiple states, middle school, high school, college, pro, I've never seen... a a team have a substitution pattern where arbitrary, you know, here's the part, right? It's football's five plays. It's the third quarter. We're up four. We're trying to stop them from going ahead. It's second down. And on second and seven, you see, your best edge defender, your best three technique, your best strong side defensive end going out. And there's three unproven commodities that no one's ever seen coming in. And then they get the first down and then they take the lead. And then we're like, okay, we learned that lesson and the next game. It's a key possession, Barry, do you want to finish the statement for me? (laughs) 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 Right? Like, what in the H E? What are we doing? Right. Okay, maybe they tried it and they thought it, but it failed, crashed, and burned in multiple games. And guess what? They did the next game. They did it again. That part is the part where he owes us an apology. I don't give a damn how we ended the year and and whatever, right? We had some guys go to the league with shout out to. Benito and shout out to Perrion and all those guys who are going to get to play on Sundays. That's just a, that's just a mess up, bro. Like you didn't do the best job possible. Like you, uh, in some respects, an incompetent leader trying to, trying to set a new precedent or set a new trend and it didn't work. And you never manned up, you know, Grinch is a guy who would say, Hey, I want to man up. He never manned up and explained to us what the hell his thought process was behind that. And as the DC, and as and as 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 Link being his head coach, Link needed to hold him more accountable to that. There needed to be with with the Sooner Nation asking so many questions around that whole scheme or philosophy. No one ever addressed it except to say we want to make sure our guys are, are, are staying hydrated and, and playing at max performance. Help me understand what that requires. Our four at once. If you're saying paradigm... Paranon does six plays at max and then he loses. Like just in your example, you said Paranon can do six at max and then seven, he loses three and then eight, he loses. Well, everybody has different numbers. So it shouldn't just be, okay, play four. Everybody's going to come out and then we're going to have wholesale red shirts come in. And, and And essentially doing it, I mean, there's probably four or five games where there's key possessions against rivals even. And we've got the twos and sometimes the threes in. No, hell no. <laughs> no, he not have no no, <laughs> no 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 That that that's that's ignorance that's 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 stupidity and and by the way we're human no one's perfect but that was pretty damn dumb for him to do that and to continue to do that and for a link to allow him to continue to do that that's dumb and and you know it's dumb because no one else does it and football is the number one copycat game of all other sports Ooh,
1: and it'll be really telling to see if they continue that model in a uh, in in SC. But this is not an SC podcast. A uh,
0: couple Based questions. Based on the video I saw, it looks like they're gonna be doing square dancing, bro. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Ugh, no, they. I've not seen them do one maximum velocity drill like posted at all. Everything is like. They, they do a bunch of drills where like, all right, I'm about to run. I'm about to run. Just wait. I'm about to run. And they never actually run. <laughs> it's like, just run at a certain
0: point. Hip twerk. I'm going to do this weird hip twerk instead.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like at a certain point, just, just run. Like the A skips yeah. and B skips are awesome. Like it's great. You also need to run. Like real sprints. Um, did... This kind of my last thing, and then we'll we'll close the show. Did BV when he was at at Clemson? Did you see any of his philosophy change in terms of not necessarily really talking more schematics, maybe culture too, um, but just what he was doing on the field at OU that maybe caused OU to look a different direction, and then what he was able to do at Clemson? Did did you see anything? Different, uh, take time over that ten years. Obviously, some stuff changed because college football changed. Uh, but is there anything in particular you can point out, or, or is he? Is it really just a, a culture solution at OU uh, more so than anything right now?
0: Well, I'll use BV versus Link just because they are at the same position. But I, when I, even when I was at OU, B, Coach BV one he wanted to operate to our strengths and then um two he wanted to there's there's the you know you don't want to be a responder you want to be um you want to generate, you don't want to be the person responding or initiate, right? You want to initiate something, but there's a part of defense where you are reacting. And so BV was a coach that if something wasn't working, he wasn't married to it to a point where he'd say, no, it's the Jimmys and Joes. He'd say, "Now nah, we got to fix the scheme. And so whereas Link would say, my stuff works, my stuff works, my stuff works, everybody starts going into a shell defense. And all of a sudden, no, bro, your stuff don't work as well as it did prior to. um, I think Brent Venables, even when I was at OU, we were a hard four, three team. And then if you remember, BV before he left, we all of a sudden went to a spinner and Dan Cody's standing up. We had a like we had a rush in, in 02-03. Dan Cody's coming off the edge as a stand-up DN, you know. And then of course we that's the position. It becomes a spinner position. And then right, they came from K-State running a true 43. When Roy's freshman year, Roy doesn't start out in the box. Roy is kind of, they're like, yo, is he a backer? No, well, they 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 adjust and BV says, yo, Roy is kind of really a quasi everything back. They called it the Roy back position because you're kind of a, Roy, a linebacker. You're kind of a cornerback. You're kind of a safety. I think the safety skill is the one you didn't do because he's always either in the hole or in their flats or busting up a tight end, but that's BV's game. BV is going to take what he has and he's going to max it. He's not going to say, "Here's my thing. Now do it," which I think was more in line with what Link did. And I think Bob, being a great CEO, put Link in position to be successful. When Link just worried about offense, and then when Link had to kind of do it on his own, he didn't have that that uh, that macro lens that Bob Bob had as a CEO. Link just kind of could just do his thing, and you saw every year it digressed. So. When I see BV and I saw him run a 34-some at Clemson, obviously he's a 4-3 guy, um, uh, just kind of his roots. But he's also been a guy who's been able to modify, be flexible, be multiple. And that's what I anticipate. I I anticipate this year our defense, this year that it does next year, based upon personnel. But the roots of his defense are going to be attacking the line of scrimmage and making them play at eleven yards plus versus allowing them to play at nine yards minus.
1: I think fans are going to get get something different this year uh, for for sure. It'll definitely be di- be different. The physicality will obviously be different. We saw that in the practices, just just in the spring, just the the different level of intensity uh, coming out of the program. Um, so I guess we'll 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 leave it at that. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome show. Love the response that we've gotten from everybody. The feedback continues to grow. Uh, we uh, have so many people that are, that are reaching out saying, hey, can we do this, do that? Make sure that you go to iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. leave a rating and review. Um, Damien, haven't had anybody yet that I'm aware of on the shirts. What's the deal on the, on, on the shirts? You want to sh- shout that out again?
0: <laughs> yeah, man. What's up? Nobody wants to no, I guess we're, we're still, you know, we, we are just uh, chopped liver. Guys, I, I first things first, road to 5,000. Shout out to you guys. We doubled our followership the last seven days. That's pretty freaking sweet. Um, Barry was letting me know, man, we get to 300 to 500 followers. We'll start doing a live. Imagine us doing a live with a Mark Clayton and you guys can do some q and I'm all in on that, but we want to keep growing the, the platform on IG um, but man, I want a shirt, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm lame for thinking so, or maybe a tank top or something, but I'd love to have a, a, a Barry and max show shirt that we can have available as merch for our, our listeners. And by the way, shout out to all you guys that are downloading this thing, guys, we super appreciate you guys. You guys are doing a fantastic job over 3000 downloads. The first nine days is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but hey, somebody reach out, man. Let's 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 develop a business relationship. I'm all about entrepreneurship. Barry's all about entrepreneurship. I'm a big time entrepreneur. I will never work for another person again. I believe in, um, uh, 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 you know, making your worth. And I think that there's, you know, I think there could be something there. I think there could be something there.
1: Man, I here's. I want a shirt before I'm about to take some uh some much needed vacation. R&R time for myself. I would love a shirt by the time I take my uh, Western Caribbean trip in like nine days. If somebody made that happen and like overnighted something. Oh my goodness. That would be the most exciting thing. If I was wearing a Barry and Mac podcast shirt in Cozumel. Oh my goodness. How awesome would that be? That would be beautiful. So let's make that happen people.
0: Good. Guys, I appreciate you guys. You guys have been phenomenal. Uh, continue to ride this ride with us. Let's enjoy this journey and let's keep the OU football conversation cooking.